0: our two Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan Logan Gordon along with you Outstanding production team of Cam and Taylor on the other side Coming up later today Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian Hockey PTO cast Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg But lots to get to in the next hour. We'll hear from Flames head coach Daryl Sutter. His team getting set for the Flames and the Islanders Friday night at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And usually on a Thursday, we would have Thursday night football to talk about. But no Thursday night football in the NFL this week. Week 18 starts on Saturday with a doubleheader between the Chiefs and the Raiders we got the Titans and the Jaguars. But, of course, all NFL eyes still firmly focused on the safety of, of Bill and the health of safety. Uh, Bill's um, player, Damar Hamlin, after that scary incident going back to Monday night in Cincinnati. We did receive updates from the medical team in Cincinnati who have been taking care of Damar uh, over the last couple of days. And uh, so far, it's nothing but good news. The Bills provided an update earlier this morning um, that while Demar is still critically ill, he has shown remarkable improvement over the last 24 hours. Uh, he has uh, movement in his hands and his feet. He's neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal. He's making steady progress. Uh, there's massive, massive you know, positive news coming out of it today. Uh, he's not able to speak as he is still uh, intubated but was uh, awake and aware of his surroundings and aware of what's going on, able to talk to friends, family, doctors, and um, upon waking up, you know, was through writing, asking doctors and people around him, who won the game, who won the game? And uh, as the doctors uh, replied to him, you won. Uh, you've won the game of life, and that's the uh, the biggest news of all. But since it is uh, still one more week of NFL football to go, uh, figured it would be a great time to uh, chat and have a little bit of a, a wrap-up with our guy, uh, Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru, joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, hey, Andy, happy Thursday, man. How are you? Hey man, how are you? Hey, brother. Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing good. And look, there's really nowhere else to start these conversations other than uh, the DeMar Hamlin situation. The news over the last 24 hours has been remarkably positive and that's that's just great news and something that the nfl world will only benefit from as demar continues his progress towards uh hopefully leaving that medical center sooner than later
1: oh for sure and just great like you said each day and an hour seems to be more small steps in the positive direction right and asking of, of course right, who won the game and, and what a great reply by by the doctors um uh, this is going from such a Gary moment. Logan, the one word that jumps out to me is the word unity. I don't, I can't remember. And honestly, maybe since like in the sports world, maybe since like 9 11, um, that I've seen this much unity together across sports, everybody pulling and putting sports aside for the human aspect of it. It's uh, out of the tragedy is coming such a, you know, there's so much toxicity and crap all over social media. To see positive stuff like that come out is uh, pretty incredible.
0: You've watched football a lot, Andy, as much as uh, as anybody I know. I guess just <laughs> take me back to to Monday night. What were you thinking as that that whole thing happened in Cincinnati? I,
1: I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, and they you saw the first couple replays before they d- rightly decided, um, oh, this is uh, something serious, very serious, because we've seen guys from concussions, and of course, earlier this year, the Tua situation with the curled hands and stuff like that. Some very disturbing things over this, this past season. But the scene collapsed, and then how things progressed in real time, ambulant, and, and then hearing afterwards, had to be revived twice. Like, twice on the field. And he survived. Just the uh, all the medical staff there in Cincinnati and from the NFL. My goodness. Like, you talk about... In the clutch, delivering what you're you're there to do at an extreme level, and then the people at the hospital and doctors to get him stable and and then move on. And it was terrifying, man. It was it was you know we're so used to seeing the athletes you know get injured ACL and you know shoulder or whatever. Almost seeing them, I think Logan as um, you know almost like you're watching a movie. You know, they're characters, per se. Oh, how's this affecting my fantasy team? How's this affecting the, the bet I made? Mm-hmm. And they, you sort of lose the humanity aspect of their, their things, right? They're video game characters. And this really brought it up. Whoa. This is real life, and it's happening right now. And it, it looks like at least it continues to trend in a very positive way. But he's still, like they said, in critical condition. So you just one day, one step at a time, and, and hopefully it keeps getting better and better.
0: Yeah, I love the way you put that, Andy, and uh, wouldn't some people out there and in certain prominent roles across what we do in broadcasting and, and covering sports uh, you know, use a bit more of that to realize that they aren't video game characters and they aren't larger than life. They are uh, people, and some of that humanity really would have done a lot of people some good uh, going back to Monday. Um, it's been reported by by Pro Football Talk and AP today that Uh, It sounds as though the NFL does not plan to resume this Bills-Bengals game. Uh, They're likely to to call it a no contest heading into what is the final week of the NFL season. And I can't say I blame them, Andy. I know standings-wise this game means something for both the Bengals and the Bills in respect to trying to catch the Chiefs for first in the uh, AFC conference. But let's be honest, with this coming this late in the season, uh, you know, I talked to former CFLer Nick Lewis yesterday. And as he said and pointed out, it's a great point. Even if you do push the playoffs back a week, you know, just so you can get this game in, it's not really much of an advantage for the Bills and the Bengals as they're the only teams that have to play. And then they're supposed to have some sort of advantage heading into the postseason. It just doesn't seem like a feasible thing to have happen this late in the year.
1: Yeah, there's no bye which you can lean on, right? There's no other option unless you then push the playoffs back a week fully because otherwise, Logan, like, well, what could you do? You really would have had to have played the game like gone into the COVID year. Uh, remember where you had COVID and some games were pushed to like a Wednesday and then it was a Tuesday and it was you, – you just ran out of time. Um, I've heard things that they might go by winning percentage seeding. very – Strange how this is, and it's still not fully finalized. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. On um, where does it affect the standings? How does it affect the standings? Obviously, all secondary to the health of the player, um, but th- it's really unprecedented. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if you're the same mindset. I was convinced the NFL was going to screw this up. <laughs> uh, yep, I was like. I was like there is months there are dollar bills on the line and that means the NFL is getting this game in no matter what. I was I'm actually quite shocked that this game will not be played in some way shape or form to be honest with you cuz I I thought for sure the NFL would mess it up.
0: You, you know what you're not wrong about that and we talked about it yesterday on the show uh when it's in the mornings and you know Joe Buck and ESPN have had you know, refuting statements uh, about that five-minute warm-up that the NFL came out and said, and they're back and forth. And that was the biggest thing that I said to And I said, would I have been stunned that at the beginning of all of this, that's what the NFL was actually saying? We'll never know because it's he said, she said. But uh, at the end of the day, would I have been stunned, like you said, that they didn't make the right decision in all this? No, That's this is one of those leagues that continuously talks about doing the right thing and player safety, yet we've seen guys like Tua Tungavailoa, you know, walked out in in concussion protocols when he shouldn't have been anywhere near an NFL field. It wouldn't have stunned me at all if they screwed this up.
1: No, no, and we thought during the COVID year, much less extreme to a certain degree, but, you know, during that COVID year, virus was, there's still a lot of unknown about it. And they were like, every game is getting played at some way, shape, or form. And it did. And, And so I thought for sure they would do some finagling of the schedule, or you have to plan a Wednesday and then this, and we'll push this back or or something to get that game in, but doesn't look like it will. And it has, you know, I'm sure there'll be some outlying ramifications when it comes to, if if you look at it just business wise, player bonuses, you know, what if player X needed, uh, you know, one more sack or something, and you got 200,000. Well, you're not going to get that. You know, there's there it's, it's far reaching as far as what that means the seating, how that goes, based after all this, but the one thing that is really good is that I, at least I haven't heard publicly any team complaining about that. No, the bills mm-hmm. aren't complaining. The Bengals aren't complaining. Nobody's saying, well, this isn't fair." It's still all about the player. And I hope that continues.
0: Uh, I do want to preface this as as always in, in any of these conversations that, uh, and I know this is, is true for you and I don't have to worry about that at all, Andy, is that, you know, we're, these conversations that we're having, we understand that the bigger picture in all of this is DeMar Hamlin, but there are other things and things that we talk about on a regular basis that uh, we still want to figure out. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering how can he be so callous and not talk about the big thing, our our biggest priority in all of this is the safety and, and health of DeMar Hamlin. Uh, But we just want to, you know, these are things that we talk about. And the next thing that we talk about, Andy, will be, you know, fantasy football playoffs and that it was championship week for a lot of people. And both major leagues that I'm in had championships that will be in one way, shape, or form, you know, decided one way or the other by the fact that that game isn't going to be played. And that's an interesting, you know, perspective for a lot of people who play fantasy sports
1: yeah we had in in one league um there just be a co champion uh co They yeah. split the you know they they split the uh, the money there another league, um you know, Josh Allen, was on my team didn't play yeah. looks like I'm losing the week that that sucks from a very small pitcher perspective, right? <laughs> but overall, again, you know, it's like who cares? and it's really put it in perspective, like, yeah, okay. But, but who cares? One thing I've been putting out there to those, uh, uh, ask, you know, on Twitter at AndyMC81 hashtag AskAndy. What have, what would you do as far as a league? One thing I've put out there, that some people are adopting, is take the Bills and Bengals fantasy points from this upcoming game, and apply it to the the, the championship weekend results. You know okay. what I mean? So yep. take whatever Josh Allen gets this week. And do your, you know, auto fill the points for the last week's matchup. That came to me as something I thought I sort of brainstormed out. I thought that seems as fair as you can get. um, Whether leagues or commissioners do that, that's just something to put out there to the listeners. You know, if your league is wondering what to do, that might be an option.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a fairly good one that I've heard too. And, And most of the leagues that I'm in are going with. You know, a co-championship where, and if you guys have, you know, pots or pools or whatever you do for for prize money or amounts or anything like that, first and second are, are winding up, you know, splitting the overall prize between the two of them. Whatever you guys feel is is fairest to do this, and that's been kind of the nice thing that I've noticed in my leagues too, Andy. Is no one's really up in arms about it? Everyone's kind of understanding that hey, no one has control of this, let alone the commissioner of your fantasy football league. Let's just find the best and fairest way to do this and i actually don't mind that that one that you just suggested there as a way of you know trying to play it out it'll take some more work from you know the teams remaining and from the commissioner to to do the math and figure it all out but if you want a results-based finish that's probably the best you're going to hope for yeah
1: be kind to your commissioners people tough spot right with that and you know what if you're out of it the good thing is you can still play DraftKings on the DFS side, right, Logan? You can yep. still have that. That's, e- that's easy. That, that's You can do your Week 18 on DraftKings and have some fun with it there. But from the league side, yeah, that, that would be my suggestion because then you actually get points and nobody is um, without, you know, you have different matchups, et cetera. But, you know, keep the lineup as it was. If someone's on your bench, no, nothing cute, popping somebody in because you like the matchup better, leave it as it is. And if you had a guy in there, you know, give him the points from this week.
0: Uh, So we are here week 18, the finale of the uh, NFL's regular season. We start off with a doubleheader on Saturday. And what a situation it is now, Andy, with the Las Vegas Raiders. They've benched Derek Carr. Uh, Devontae Adams says, hey, I'm still committed to making it work here. Um, But what a mess it's been for Josh McDaniels in year one. Titans-Jaguars has some interesting playoff perspective coming up on Saturday. So an interesting doubleheader to get us set for what's going to be a busy Sunday.
1: I think this is an absolute smash job by the Chiefs, Logan. Just yeah, ju- because they still have, they still have Top Seed to play for. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be benching people, right? I'm seeing the spread now in the DraftKings sportsbook nine. I've seen nine, nine and a half. Um, I would take the Chiefs to cover that at minus one ten, easy. Money line's way too high. It's, it's minus four thirty five, so not worth putting your your time in on there. I'd probably I might take the under on the fifty two. I just don't think the Raiders are going to be doing much or scoring many points. This is just a um, and I know, like give credit to, to Jared Stidham. Um, three touchdowns, two interceptions, put up a lot of points last week in a loss. But I don't think we need to get too cute or overthink this one. Uh, this should be all Chiefs, all day. Raiders have got nothing to play for.
0: <laughs> From a, a an entertainment standpoint, I think everyone's cheering for the Jaguars because of just how beat up the Tennessee Titans are right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's turning into the guy. The Jags were hoping he would be with that uh, first overall draft pick, but this is an interesting one. I I don't know where to lean. I mean, the Titans looks like they're going to go with Joshua Dobbs in this one on Saturday. And what does that say about Malik Willis and where he sits in the organization? This is quite the playoff, uh, you know, potential matchup that we have here. Titans and Jaguars Saturday night.
1: (laughs) Who had on the bingo card, Logan (laughs) main event, Saturday night, Jags-Titans. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) On paper, beginning of the year, you'd think this is a garbage Thursday night throwaway game that I'm not going to watch. But here we are. And it actually has a lot of storylines. Like you said, Titans super banged up. They've lost, what, six in a row. They're floundering. There's no confidence in Malik Willis. And, look, I I think I I didn't like the draft pick to the Titans. It was certainly not a fit for his skill set or how that offense is run. Um, and I didn't really think he was going to, and he's still a rookie, right? But I, I didn't like him coming out of the draft and you replace him with Josh Dobbs. So I did get a good look at, uh, as good as you could when he was with the Browns all season, looked good in the preseason game, uh, was on there, was their backup before Deshaun Watson came back. Um, smart guy, like air, like legit aerospace engineer degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, a little bit, I won't say polished, but I don't know. Just seems to have a better grasp of the game. Their only chance is Derrick Henry. I think it's pretty straightforward. It's it's Derrick Henry, all of it, and the Jags just have to try to stop that because nothing else is going to happen outside of maybe some design Josh Dobb run. So if you're taking some player props, um, whatever the over is on the uh, uh, Derrick Henry carries, I think that's a, that's a pretty good play on the DK Sportsbook there. And for Trevor Lawrence, you are absolutely right. What a, I don't think enough to be made out of the story because it's with Jacksonville. What a a phenomenal job. Doug Peterson's done deprogramming the stink that was embedded in Trevor Lawrence from urban Meyer. Oh, you, you almost, you almost destroyed Trevor Lawrence who has been a success since like sixth grade. You almost killed it. Uh, urban Meyer, but Doug Peterson came back and it wasn't easy. Think about like that credit job. Doug Peterson should be coach of the year. Uh, hands down in my opinion, because you took a guy who was broken, no confidence. That team was a disaster. And you rebuilt him in season. And not only did you make it functional, you now have it so that that guy's only thrown two interceptions since week nine. He's had two, three touchdown games. He's had a four touchdown game, right? And you're having him do what he has to do and building that whole team up. Absolutely remarkable job. And I'm rooting for the Jags, man. You know, I I think that's, that's a fun story. Do I think they'll do anything in the playoffs. Probably not. But that doesn't matter. Now you can build off that if you're Jacksonville.
0: Interesting storylines still heading into week 18, including the Sunday nighter, which now features uh, the Lions and the Packers. This game might not mean anything for the Lions, depending on what happens with the Seahawks game against the Rams, but there's a potential for this to be a win, and you're in for both teams. I know Aaron Rodgers has loved telling everybody on the Pat McAfee show that Hey, you know everyone counted us out, but I thought we were going to be here, and I told everyone we could run the table, and uh, that's great for him. But most of us, Andy, thought that uh, they were dead and gone long ago. How surprised are you that the Packers are in this position?
1: I'm honestly quite surprised. I thought throw the dirt on them,
0: uh, and I, I,
1: you know, and why would you think otherwise? Unless you were a blind fan mm-hmm. who is blinded by his fandom, why would you think otherwise? There was nothing pointing to this season doing anything. I think I may have pinpointed it, not being in the Packers dressing room, obviously, or in the players' minds. I think it was something very simple that came out from Aaron Rodgers. When it was said, and people were talking about, oh, I'll start Jordan Love, and he said, I want to start until we're mathematically eliminated. I want to be here. I want to keep trying. I want to keep being the leader of this team while we're still in it. And I don't know, to me, that sort of stuck with me. And as we see this run, In a very rare situation where Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are playing the underdog card and being able to use that and say, hey, you know what? This dude who could be hosting Jeopardy next year, be in Hollywood or whatever, he's not done yet. He still believes in himself and us. And that's what's been really interesting. And maybe, to me anyway, from the outside, that's a driving force. Mm -hmm. And then you match them up against the line. How fun is this, team? this team, They could score fifty points. They could score ten points. You don't know what the heck's going to happen. <laughs> with that. They could give up fifty. They could give up ten. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. I'm looking at four and a half point favorites of the Packers. I don't know, man. Plus one ninety five to win straight up for Detroit Lions on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Logan, I might take the Lions. Why not? Can you imagine the post game press conference with Dan Campbell in oh, the locker gosh. room? It'd be phenomenal. He'd be dropping elbows. <laughs> you know, he's been biting off kneecaps, he'd be doing swan tom bombs on the phenomenal. I, I, uh, I think that's another one of those fun, those fun games. The two mat, the, the two main event evening games. I don't think any of us saw coming as being important or worthy of any attention. <laughs> if we were told that at the beginning of the year,
0: uh, as you kind of look yeah, back and we kind of get set back. for week eighteen, I know, Andy, there'll be some that uh, still have week eighteen matchups, and maybe depending on. How everything went with the uh, the Bengals and the Bills not playing, maybe it does mean something more to you. But as you kind of look back and start to to review this fantasy season, has there been anything that you've you've noticed that really stunned you going back? I know so much of fantasy football is in the preparation and getting ready for the season, and uh, I'm just curious for a guy that spends as much time doing it as you do. When you've you've looked back, has there been something that stunned you about this fantasy football season? Football season.
1: I think, for, and you find it every year, but I think the, the quarterback situation was quite surprising once you got past um, the four spot. So right now, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Okay, you know, that wouldn't necessarily have surprised too many people. But then when you look after that, for top 12 starting and very relevant fantasy quarterbacks, Justin Fields of Chicago, no one knew what the heck to expect out of him. Right, Mm -hmm. and the first part of the season, no good, and then really came out. He he soared up that last week. Geno Smith, of course. Now, this will be interesting. Where did they go with Geno Smith after that hot set? Then started coming back down. Maybe after you lost four or five, you know, if you get in the playoffs, maybe I don't know if I'd be super willing to want to do that uh, a big contract extension. But then you look after him were five, six, seven, Daniel Jones, seven. Nobody saw that one. Trevor Lawrence, QB eight, uh, Jared Goff, QB nine, Jared, uh, sorry, uh, Kirk Cousins, then Jared Goff at nine. Like uh, Jared Goff again was sort of written up. And from the low side, Justin Herbert, as low as he is. And Lamar Jackson, depending on your league is, is on the outside of a Q is either QB 12 or QB 13 injuries popping up once again. So I think the quarterbacks really jumped out to me as far as, um, I don't know if it's a changing of the guard, but certainly some surprising situations.
0: Uh, Andy, you're the best. I always appreciate uh, these weekly chats that we've had. And obviously, as the NFL season starts to wind down, we won't have them as regular. I would love to get to chat with you as we get into the NFL postseason, man. But just a quick thank you. I know so many of our listeners texting in. They love doing Ask Andy. It's something I love doing with you. And uh, thanks for all your time this season. And uh, best of luck to you this this weekend and in the summertime. We'll uh, chat with you again sometime soon, hey?
1: Thanks. Oh, Logan, I love being on with you, man. And all the listeners, any of the questions going forward, like the Ask Andy stuff, I, I truly, truly enjoy. And love being on with you as well, man. So always appreciate the time. And, yeah, let's uh, keep going through the playoffs, whatever you want.
0: Yeah, we'll do it for sure, man. Take care, Andy.
1: All right, buddy. See ya,
0: pal. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru, here on Sportsnet 960. The fan joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline week 18 of NFL action kicks off Saturday with an AFC West matchup between the Chiefs and the Raiders. And uh, as it's coming down now, haven't heard it officially from the NFL, but uh, sounds as though that we will not have any continuation of the Bills and the Bengals game from Monday night just doesn't seem as though there is appropriate timing to make this happen. Uh, From either side, both the Bengals and the Bills scheduled to be in action on Sunday. Cincinnati is hosting Baltimore, while the Bills are hosting the New England Patriots. Bills back at practice this afternoon for the first time since the incident on Monday night. And if you missed it uh, at the beginning of the conversation, an update from the UC medical staff in charge of uh, Demar Hamlin. Uh, major improvement over the last 24 hours. Has feelings in his hands and his toes, which is great news. Uh, starting to be able to to breathe more on his own. Still intubated, still unable to speak, but uh, getting much better. He's aware of his surroundings. He's aware of what's going on, and that is uh, huge, huge news for a guy that uh, was on the down and out when everything happened on Monday night. So, Still wishing the best for DeMar Hamlin. Uh, fingers crossed that the Bills get some more positive news uh, ahead of Sunday and their uh, their minds can be a bit at ease uh, about their teammate and their friend as they get back to the grind of an NFL season. Week 18's here. Before you know it, uh, we'll start talking playoff matchups and getting you set for the wild card rounds. Uh, still lots to be decided in what should be a great week 18 of NFL action. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll wrap things up. On hour two of the program, we'll head to the Scotiabank Saddledome, hear from some members of the Calgary Flames as they get set for the New York Islanders on Friday night. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's hour two of Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon along with you, back in the afternoons. Back with my dynamic duo, Cam and Taylor, who I don't think missed me at all. Still so good to have you back. Yeah, that's fair. It would have been nice if you guys missed me a little bit, but it's it's fine. It's nice to be back.
2: We missed you so very much. We were
0: lost without you. I don't believe that. I followed your instructions, Taylor, as you say every day before we leave. Don't die. Didn't die. Still here. Still battling now finally away from gvp and uh, alex in the mornings back with uh back with the rightful duo uh hockey central with haley salvians coming up uh, next hour don't want to miss uh flames talk with pat steinberg this afternoon flames with a practice day at the scotia bank saddle dome part of their two off days before they welcome the new york islanders to the saddle dome for a friday night matchup Just a quick one-game homestand for the Flames. Bit of an odd one before they head out for five on the road. Good news for the Flames. Road trip spaced out. Game, day off, game. And two of those games next week will be in St. Louis. So not a lot of heavy travel in this one. They are in Chicago on Sunday. Tuesday, Thursday are those games against the Blues. Saturday afternoon matchup next week against Dallas and then Nashville on Monday the 16th before the Flames are at home for four at the end of the month, including the return of Johnny Gaudreau. It is on the horizon, less than a month away, Flames and Blue Jackets on the 23rd. Uh, If you missed it earlier, Flames' lines and D pairings at practice remained the same. Uh, from their loss against Winnipeg on Tuesday night. That means Redeem Zahorna remains as your fourth line center between Ruchi, uh, Ruzichka, excuse me, Ruchich, Ruzicka and Lewis. Brett Ritchie still not skating. Manjapani with Backlund and Coleman. Lucich is with Kadri and Huberto. Dubé with Lindholm, Foley. Your deep pairings, Hannafin, Anderson, Uyghur, Tanev, Zadorov, Stone, Connor Mackey skating as the extra. Your goaltenders, Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar. Let's head back to the Scotia Bank settlement Following practice this afternoon, I promise we we'll hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames. We'll start with the head coach, Daryl Sutter. He spoke to the media as his team gets set for the Islanders on Friday night.
3: Daryl, no team's played more one-goal games than yours so far this season. Have you seen any change in comfort? Like, as you play more and more, do you see any
0: change?
4: No. In, no? no. You want to win those one-goal games. That's the difference, right? You look, just take Winnipeg and Calgary the other night. Why is one team got more spo- more points? Seven extras, right? I think they, we were seven overtimes and they were at uh, yeah. Like they did, they haven't even been in a shootout. They've won all those games in overtime, so those are all one goal games. So that's the difference. The only reason you're talking about is because they're one goal games, I and mean, if, if the five of them were wins instead of losses and or overtimes. That's difference, that's all it is. Difference, in, like your, your question is difference in how we. Yeah,
2: I'm just wondering, as you've played more of them, do you see a different comfort or has it been the there? The really
4: clearly, I've said it all along. I've said it after the very first one, you need your, your top players to score a goal, make a difference, you need a difference maker. So once in a while it happens and that guy gets big, First star and gets 16 interviews should do it more often. Eh? That's that's what it's about. I mean, it's not like you got a team of a guy that can just take the game over. So that means that when it's your turn to make the play, make it. Not, it's not going to be a guy who goes coast to coast. It's really it's pretty straightforward.
3: Daryl, where have you? Uh seen growth in uh dylan's all
4: round game i think dylan is a guy that works at his game dylan is the most improved player and i'm fortunate i get to watch the you know our farm team quite a bit or at least you know watch the farm team more than i ever have so he's dylan's most improved player in the organization like hands down give him lots of credit he works his game and it's about repetition and, and preparation and training everything he's he's spot on right he's climbing the ladder in terms of in the in that whole leadership part and all that and that's what I've said you know, remember you guys talk about this right guys in the organization got to take steps it's not the guys coming in it's the young guys in that age group he's Dylan's taken a, done a great job where's
2: the biggest improvement from, like, I think Dylan. I think
4: because he's such a repetition and a, and a do it right all the time guy, it translates into his game. So, you know, so what you always, you know, I always said this about Dylan. Uh, it was just being consistent, right? So, when you do, when you train to be consistent, train your brain to do everything properly. Then it becomes when it's for real, then it, you're more consistent with it. And he's learned that. And if you look at his, I said this also about Dylan Dubé, you look at his career, you know, his junior career and his Memorial Cups and all that, right? Like you look at everything that, that's, that's how it's translated for his career, and now he's starting to see that here too. Makes perfect sense when, when you apply yourself. Not just in the game, everybody.
0: There you go. That's the head coach for the Calgary Flames, Daryl Sutter, speaking to the media, following his team's practice at the Scotiabank Sandal Dome and some glowing reviews for Dylan Dubé there. And I remember very vividly being uh, where you are, Cam, actually, when Daryl first came back to Calgary in the uh, COVID-shortened year. And Dylan Dubé was one of the players believe it was with you so i think valimaki at the time uh that a couple weeks in really caught the ire of daryl sutter for young guys mm-hmm. needing to improve yeah and it was a clip that we played up and down here on sports 960 um and i remember vividly being there because he was not a fan of what dylan was giving them on a night-to-night basis and the consistency and, again, that doesn't mean that Daryl's not going to get it or he doesn't like young players, but he expects a certain level of, of them. And, clearly, Dylan's living up to it. And he's been a, a tremendous fit on that first line with uh, Elias Lindholm and Tyler Tofoli of late. And uh, if you're going off of what the coach says there, it doesn't appear that that's something that's going to change uh, in the near future. That's great news for Flames fans, as Dylan Dubé uh, appears to be taking that next step in his progression uh, as a member of the Calgary Flames, also uh, might as well hear from that man himself, Dylan Dubé. Also speaking to the media today, uh, getting set for the Islanders and uh, a bit of reflection on what the season's been so far for the team. Uh, Dylan Dubé speaking to the media at the Scotiabank Saddledome earlier today.
2: Dylan, I wanted uh, to ask you a little extra energy in the. Uh, you don't often see the lower bowl full for the practice. <laughs> What's that like? Is uh, you know going through the practice reps and see uh, obviously some fans enjoying it. That yeah, was good. It was. Uh... It was nice to have that, to have some energy. I think we had a really good practice today. Um, you know, we, we were going say fed off him. it was louder in there. It was nice. It was yeah. like, you know, some teams have music playing. It was nice to have some fans there for sure.
3: Dylan, Darrell just said that you're by far the most improved player in the organization. What does that mean to you, you hear that?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice. I think, uh, you know, for me coming in a young age, it was a challenge to to find my game and, uh, you know, figure out the player that I I need to be in this league and, um, you know, to have uh, some older guys when I came up to to learn from them and um, how they established themselves, Um, you know, guys like Bax and kind of following his career, and and he talked to me a lot about it, so um, it was really good for me to have older guys to learn from. I think it's a really important thing to help me, you know, become the player I, I need to be for this team he,
3: he said, said was it was about consistency too and i wonder how much pride you take in being a consistent player habits uh results that type of thing where does the consistency in your mind even the mindset he said as well where does the consistency come from where it affects you the most the most impact
2: i think it's just hard work i think uh you know it's a long season it's hard schedule you're not going to be on uh skill-wise every game i think it's uh it's a challenge every time sometimes you're fighting the puck but if you can bring that effort and um you know find a way to at least have an impact on the game regardless of what you do i think that's consistency and i think that was my biggest thing it was hard from the lead still trying to be consistent it's it's hard league um you know put every game together really well and uh, i think if you can Bring your work ethic, every game. I think that's the most important. Is that some of that the mental approach, like that when you talk about not always having the best you know, stuff necessarily, but just kind of maybe the way you approach it and kind of how you think about the game? And has that changed at all in the last little while? Yeah, for sure. I think it's just it's important. Like you have to be at your best. I think we need every single guy. If one guy on your your line's not going, it, it makes it hard. It's a hard, hard league to to win in. So uh, every guy's got to find a way to bring their best, regardless. And most of your best is just work ethic, so um, when you find a way to do that, and some days travel's tough, legs are tired, but uh, if you can get that out of your head, I think you know, most guys, it's, you know, for 15 minutes a you night know, you can try and find a way, but, you know, some nights guys are sick, it's hard, but to find that consistency to, you know, be at your best close to every night is, is a, is a you know, huge accomplishment if you can get to that.
4: So How uh, uh,
3: you go back to when Daryl first got here and a couple of games were <clears throat> You were a healthy scratch, and I know that it was it was a struggle and, and kind of a grind early on. How do you reflect on that and, and those early days now a couple of years later?
2: Yeah, I just, I, you know, I don't want to be in that spot. I want to try and contribute every single night. And, uh, you know, as a fresh spotter, it kind of sits in the back of my head all the time. When I come to the rink, you want to, you know, help this team win. You want to be on the ice to do that. So uh, I think it's important to, you know, to bring, to bring something every day to try and help, so yeah, it's it's definitely it uh, doesn't feel too long ago. So you know, it's always kind of sits in the back of your head.
3: How much know, does nutrition, just the consistency of, you know, individually is one thing, but in the group right now, and trying to find consistency in the win department. You can look at goal scoring or goals against, whatever it is. But what is it going to take in terms of details to make this group find that consistency in order to either win one goal games or five one blowouts whatever it is where does the consistency come from to get wins here
2: i think it's right right off our start to be honest i think uh winnipeg i think we were on our heels and um kind of chasing it i know it was a tight game we outshot him in the first period but it's just kind of that um energy and and you know you kind of have that feeling when you have first couple shifts and how the guys are, are doing and and we outshot him but i think that momentum was pretty back and forth and then especially on the road, you kind of get on your heels. So I know it's simple, and guys say it so much, but start of games are so important to, to establish your team and try and push the other team out of the building.
0: Dylan Dubé talked to the media today. Getting set for their next matchup against the New York Islanders, and Dubé's been a nice fit on that line with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli. They'll look to keep the momentum going, maybe give the Flames a bit more offensive punch, as they uh, get uh, this one game homestand out of the way before five straight on the road. Last person to hear from today from the uh, Scotia Bank Dome, defenseman Nikita Zadorov. He's been on that pairing with Michael Stone for a little while now. Flames defense has been healthy, uh, but still looking for consistency out of Zadorov's partner. Uh, he's been playing a lot, who his partner's been changed a lot, and they're still looking to find that uh, elusive partner for him ever since Eric Branson. Uh, left in the off season for Columbus. Uh, but here is Big Z, number 16, speaking to the media at the Dome today.
3: Talk a little bit about consistency and how this group wants to approach as a group in the wing, just to, what it takes to kind of get over and find that consistency with it.
5: Well, I think um, the biggest mindset for good teams, I think the teams don't lose two in a row or three in a row. So for sure, it's going to be a big rebound game for us tomorrow. So I think that's the, that's the main thing what we're focusing on. Obviously, like we we, we got to fix some stuff in the, in our game. We've got to score more goals. We've got to play tighter defensively against the top players and everything. But uh, at the end of the day, the overall team effort should be better Like to try to win hockey games and don't lose two in a row.
3: It be too simple to ask, but does it, it come down to details? Like is, it, is that what it is, or is it more systems, or, or what is it as well? Well, it's always details.
5: I think the game, when you play 82 games, there's there's lots going on. The game is fast. It's uh, probably one of the fastest games in the world if, if you compare all the sports. So I think there's lots of um, skill, lots of improvisation going on all the time on the ice. So I think for sure details when you're on the ice you know where your teammates are in the right spot it's, there's less open to like give up scoring chesses, give up the goal so i think for sure it's, it comes to details most of the time yeah can
4: having that much experience in one goal games benefit you come to
5: springtime? uh well i mean yes or no also uh, there's there's so much skill there's so much young guys coming in and they're uh Playing really well right now, you know. It's a, it's a super uh, high-scoring games, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it. Sometimes it's the experience. Obviously, might benefit you in the playoffs because you just playing that tight hockey all the time, and all the team don't make crazy plays. But in regular season, like I don't think. Like I don't, I cannot tell you record. What's our one game, goal games? Do you know what's our goal, one goal games? It's
3: like ten 10 seven. 10, 7, 7, 7, right? 7, 7 oh, yeah. so
5: we we won ten and lost seven, right? And
3: then seven more.
5: Okay. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's fifty percent. Obviously, like we we want to be o- like over sixty percent team. Um, in the season to make a playoffs, that's what it is. We got to get more than 96, 97 points to make a playoff. So I think, I think that's our goal to be over over 600 uh, percentage team. So uh, we'll see.
3: You mentioned goal scoring and I know there are others who are expected to score more than you, but you do score and you are a part of this room. I yeah. wonder what the conversations like as a group, when everybody kind of sits there and says this is either after practice or a game or off days, we need to score more. What is it, and there's capable scorers here. So what does it for this group feel like that's doing it, to find the back of the
5: net more. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last year, we lost two 40-goal scores, right? So that's that's 80 goals that's hard to replace, so other guys got to step in. I mean, it's uh, it's not like we're sitting in the room and we're talking about that. It's every guy goes and they look in the mirror and they decide, you know what, like, because I scored four goals, I already have five, so I'm, like, I'm trying and then I'm trying to bring in. And Daryl mentioned that in the summer, if uh, D-men have more goals, me, Taney, like if we bring more goals, there's more chances our team's going to ho- win a hockey game. So I think it's just sometimes... If they you cannot score but you have to play tight games, you have to play those one one games and then uh, win them at the end, get a greasy one or something and our big players gotta step in and score some goals for sure because that's what they're getting paid for.
0: I think there's only three teams with more goals from the blue line than yours so far. So where is that offense coming it, from?
5: It's our system, I think the definitely like to we suit it up for it because the Daryl wants us to be active, Daryl wants us to join the rush, he wants us to be active on the blue line, gets the shots through, you know, our forward's going Hard to the net all the time. You know, we've been getting a lot of opportunities, like, like I scored in Winnipeg, this fourth man ice, you know, our forwards fighting the, the trailers all the time, and then we're getting those clean shots through. It's, it's So, I think it's just the system-wise, it's good. Like, when you see, like, some teams that don't generate for a blue line, it's most of the, the system they're playing. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not, like, about the talent, I think. It's, uh, I mean, I had a been defensive defensive my whole life right but i had a my career last year look at goody same thing you know. like he's he put up the career in, in 30 30 years old so i think it's definitely generating you generate a offense from the system you're playing so
2: like, another defenseman scores to all six of you get really fired up
5: uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that forwards, <no>. yeah <laughs> we we'll always yeah uh, we have a we have a belt where we give up for the best player, what we think in here, and it's been on the G side most of the year. So, yeah, we keep it in here. We don't give it to them.
4: <laughs>
0: there you go. Flames defenseman Nikita Sadorov. Uh Speaking to the media, uh, him, Dylan Dubé, and, of course, Daryl Sutter, who uh, talked following practice today. Flames uh, with one more day off before a game day on Friday night. Uh, The lone visit to town for the New York Islanders, and your last chance to see the Flames at home before they head out on the road for five straight. They'll then be at home for four, as I mentioned, including uh, on the 23rd when they welcome in Johnny Gaudreau and the Columbus Blue Jackets. It'll be a busy month of January for the Calgary Flames coming up. Tomorrow's game is a 7 p.m. puck drop. That means uh, 6 o'clock Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius. Lou and Derek will be on the call for 7 right here on your Home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. Uh, Still to come today, you don't want to miss Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian, the one and only Haley. has got her hour coming up next. Uh, Some great guests. Mike McKenna's going to join the program. Lots to get to uh, with Haley today. Got the Hockey PDO cast coming up. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg coming up a little later. And just a reminder, you can get all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Amazon, Spotify, etc. Or you can head to the website sportsnet.ca slash 960. That'll do it for us today. Shout out to the amazing production duo of Cam and Taylor on the other side. Thank you to Peter Labardius and Andy McNamara for joining us today. We will be back tomorrow getting you set on a game day for the Flames and the Islanders right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.